Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. I want to uh, share with you a few things about not just Valentine's love is, the, is my title today. Not just Valentine's, not just Valentine love. I want to first say to my, the love of my life, uh, Tiffany, we've been married for almost 22 years, and so I love you today. Happy Valentine's Day. And to my mom, my mom, I called her and talked with her yesterday. She's 88 years old. My dad's gone on to be with the Lord, but I love my mom. I talk to her every week, sometimes twice a week, and she just... Oh, I just love her. Praise the Lord for her. Thank the Lord for her. She's got three boys and I'm her favorite. (laughs) But I love you, mom. You're listening. Um, I'm always, I always tell my mom, my mom will, you know, comment sometimes on Facebook. David, I'm like, mom, you could just, you know, you could just tell me. You don't have to put it out there with everybody else. You know, all right. So anyway. Hey, the meaning of Valentine's Day, just in case you didn't know, uh, there's always someone in church who wants to remind me that it's a pagan holiday and why are we celebrating pagan holidays, Uh, you know, and I just want to tell you, we're not pagan, we don't celebrate pagan things, we we love the Lord, right, we love the Lord, and, uh, but I do want to tell you, Valentine's Day is also called Saint, Saint Valentine's Day, it's when lovers express their infection with uh, greetings and gifts. Given their similarities, it's been suggested that the holiday has origins in the Roman festival of Lupercalia, uh, held in mid-February, which celebrates the coming of spring, including the fertility rites and the pairing off of women with men by lottery. Aren't you glad we don't do that nowadays? All right. At the end of the 5th century, Pope uh, Jealous something, he forbid the celebration of Lupercalia and is sometimes attributed with replacing it with St. Valentine's Day. So Valentine's Day did not come to be celebrated as a day of romance until the 14th century. Although there were several Christian martyrs named Valentine, the day may have taken its name from a priest who was martyred about 270 CE by Emperor Claudius. Uh, the second. According to legend, the priest signed a letter from your Valentine to his jailer's daughter, whom he had befriended and, by some accounts, healed from blindness. Other accounts hold that it was St. Valentine of Terni, a bishop for whom the holiday was named, though it is possible the two saints were actually the same person. Another common legend states that St. Valentine uh, defied the emperor's orders and secretly married the couples to spare the husbands from war. It is for this reason that the feast day was associated with love. Who knows? There's so much that's written about Valentine's Day, and I won't bore you with it all. Um, But a couple things, as I do want you to know, we don't celebrate holidays for pagan reasons. Uh, Someone always either writes me or comes and tells me about that. Why do you celebrate Easter? It's a pagan thing about the God of fertility. Or why do you have Christmas trees? It's a pagan thing because they do this. Um, We just want to take an opportunity to remember people that we love. Can somebody say amen? Okay, so we're just going to take an opportunity to 
to remember those you love. If you love somebody, your mother or somebody you love, your, uh, your loved one, just love them today. Tell them how much you care about them. And uh, But I, I want to tell you, love isn't just for married people. Love isn't just for couples. Love is for every single person. We were born into love. We have a God who loves us. In our DNA is love. Love, this is not just a Valentine love. And I, I want you to turn in your Bibles, if you have a Bible this morning, to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. And there was a song that I remember as a kid. We used to sing. It said, Beloved, let us love one another. Come on, if you know it. For love is of God, and everyone who loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. God is love. Let us love one another first, John. Okay, there we go. We don't have to read it. <laughs> you guys are good, man. Come on. So he says, let us love, beloved. I love how he starts. He says, beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. Who originated love? And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. In fact, he who doesn't love does not know God. For God is, what does it say? God is love. Can you say that? God is. It doesn't, just doesn't say God does love or God, you know, has love. It says God is love. Say it again. God is Love. See, love is the essence of God. Love is the DNA of God. If you, like we say, we are human, right? We are love. God, if we were to say, what is God? God is what? God is spirit. Well, God is love. How do we describe God? Love. Uh, in fact, one verse in the Bible says, therefore be imitators of God. How do you imitate God? He says, and walk in love. How do you do an impression of God? Walk in love. How do you do an imitation of God? You walk in love. Why? Because God is love. How do you describe God? Love. When Sometimes when people will walk into church, they'll say, man, I just, I walk in, I just feel such love. You know what they're trying to do? You know what they're trying to say? I feel God. Because they don't know how to describe God, but they do know how to describe a feeling. And they feel love, and they're trying to describe God, and they say, how do I describe this God? And, and they just know of a description of love. I just feel this love. See, God is love. God is love. So he's saying, if you are born of God, the DNA of God is love. So the, the if you were born of God, the DNA of you is. What? What is it? So if you were born of God, your spiritual DNA is love. So you can't, you can't be born of God and not be born of love. You can't be say you're born of God and not love. Just It's not try to love, it's you are love. Could somebody say God is love? And could somebody say, and I am love? How can you say I am love? Because you're born of God, right? It's like God, you know, if you say I am human and my baby's human, right? Right? Well, we are born of God. And if God is love, then we're love because we've been spiritually born, right? So, beloved, let us love one another because love's of God, and everyone who loves is born of God. 
born of love and knows God. Who doesn't love? No, doesn't love is not. He who doesn't love doesn't know God. For God is love. Love is the essence. It's the DNA of God. In fact, in in Genesis chapter one verse twenty six, he says, "Let us make man in our image and according to our in our likeness." He's saying not only the way in our image, the way a person may look, but in our likeness, like us. So we see in Gen, in, in the book of Galatians, remember the book of Galatians chapter five, verse 22, it says the fruit of the spirit or the characteristics of the spirit is, and what's the ver- very first characteristic of the human spirit? Love. So when you're born of the Holy Spirit, the, the, the first characteristic of your spirit is love. The first description of you, if someone were to, to describe you spiritually, the very first descriptive word to describe you spiritually would be the word. So we would say, if we were to describe you spiritually, you would say, you are, can you say, I am, yeah, say, I am love. See, God says he is love, but sometimes we have a hard time saying we are love because we see ourselves sometimes so unlovely, acting so unlovely, doing things so unlovely being so unlovely, thinking things so, forget him, forget her. I ain't taking that, (laughs) right? But it's, those things are fleshly, not spiritual. See, if we'd walk in the spirit, we'd walk in love. If we'd walk in the spirit, we'd walk in joy. If we'd walk in the spirit, we'd walk in peace. If we'd walk in the spirit, we'd walk in long suffering, why it's called long, right? If we'd walk in the spirit, we'd walk in kindness. If we walk in the spirit, we'd walk in all those things. Patience, right? But love, love is the descriptive. So listen, love is of God. Love is who God is. Love is who you are. So he says here, he says, beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. Love isn't something that God does. It's something that God is. It's someone God is. Love isn't something that we do. It's someone who we are. Jesus said this. He says, come and remember Jesus went and told his disciples, follow me. And they all followed him. And then he went and said, here's how people will know that you're my disciples by how much you know. Is that what he said? This is how much you'll know that you're my disciples by how much faith you have. Is that what he said? This is how you'll know how much you're disciples by how much you prophesy. Is that what he said? This is how much you'll know that you're my disciples by how much love you have. Is that what he said? In other words, what describes you as a true disciple or a duplicate of me is how much love you have. Why? Because if you want to duplicate Jesus, you have to duplicate love because he's the essence of love. Love is of God. Love is Jesus. Jesus was love expressed onto the earth. So if we're disciples of Jesus, then we're disciples of love. How do we look more like Jesus? We wear the bracelet. What would Jesus do? And if we were to put that in one word, what would it be? How was Jesus expressed? What would the one word be? 
He, Jesus was love expressed. How, if we were to put our whole life mission statement in one word, what would it be? What is my life all about? What would it be? Love. What's the purpose of my life? God, I just want to know the purpose of my life. I just want to know what my life's all about. What do you think he probably would say? Love. Love. And love's the opposite. Love for God, love for people is the opposite of selfishness and pride. Because selfishness and pride is, really gives root to all sin. Love really gets all that junk out. And it gets us into, to outside of ourselves, into loving God and loving people, right? What's the greatest commandment the guy said? Uh, he said, what's the one greatest commandment? Love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. So by this, the world will know that you're my disciples by the love you have for one another. Why? Because this is the essence of God. Love is the essence and the DNA. It's our spiritual genetic. It's our spiritual makeup. So there's three simple things I want to give you about God's love. Number one is this. God's love is pure. I'm going to give you three things about God's love. God's love is pure. God's love is pure. 1 John 4, 8 says this, He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. I want you to notice God equals love. When you look at pure gold, pure gold is 24 karat gold. It's gold that hasn't been mixed with other metals. It's gold that hasn't been altered. It hasn't been mixed up with other things. It's just pure. But pure gold is much brighter than the gold that we see. It's, it's a little more orange it, uh, than most people would associate with what we know as gold. Uh, because it isn't generally an attractive metal that we would use for rings or watches or jewelry, but it's a more pure gold. It's a more valuable gold. See, God's love, pure love, it's not a love that's been altered. It's not a love that's been, that, that, that's been adapted to, how, how does it fit this situation and how does it fit to that? It's a raw love. It's a genuine love. It's a vulnerable love. It's a pure love. It's a love that just puts itself out there. A hundred percent. It's a love that some people don't even know what to do with. It's just so pure. In fact, sometimes you see that kind of love in a child. And you look that they walk up, they walk up to you and they just go, I love you. And you look at them and, and sometimes you tear up because you go, look at the abandonment in that kind of love. They walk up. And they throw their arms open. I wish I were like that again. Do you know what I mean? I wish I could just love that way again. But because of the hurt and the pain and the reservation and the protection of my own heart and the insecurity and the being violated, turned away, rejected, I don't have pure love anymore. I don't even know how to give that kind of love anymore. So I mix it with other, I have love, but I mix it with other things now. But let me tell you, God doesn't. God has pure love. 
God's love is raw. It's pure. And it may be something that some people don't even know what to do with. It's so pure. It's honest. It's vulnerable. It's raw. It's not double-minded. It doesn't say one thing and do something, does something else. It doesn't tell you what you want to hear, but really means something else. Oftentimes, the love that we know, again, and, and associate with is a contaminated love, a disingenuous love, a hardened love that can easily mix and mold and adapt to the environment to make people feel good. But that's not the love of God. God's love is true, genuine, real love. You can rely on the love of the Lord. Let me say it again. You can rely on the genuine, pure love of the Lord. Do you remember the first time you were in love? Before your heart ever got hurt? Before you ever experienced what it was like to ever be rejected? Do you remember that? How open and raw your heart was, how unreserved you were with your heart because it had never experienced anything else. That's the way that God wants us to trust his pure love and openness. Why? Because that's how he'll always be toward us. He'll never turn us away. He'll never tell you one thing and reject us. I think some people don't know how to experience the true, pure, genuine love of a father who will never reject you. I don't care how good of a father you've had. You've always had an earthly father, but you'll never know what to do. You'll never will experience a heavenly father like we know. I don't know how good of a friend you've ever had, but you'll never have a friend like Jesus. And there's nothing like the love that he brings. You can depend on his love. Number two, Number one is that God's love is pure. Number two is that God's love is always seen or expressed. His love is always seen. He doesn't just speak it. It's always seen. Romans chapter 5 verse 7 out of the New Living's translation says this. Now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. Listen to this. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. <laughs> while we were still sinners. He didn't wait till we got it together. In the midst of our junk, he died for us. It's love expressed, not just love promised, not just love spoken, but love followed through with action. He doesn't just say, I love you. He shows I love you. It's God's love that's seen. For God so loved the world that he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He did something for you and me. See, words are important, but words without action are just words. 
All talk, you've heard the saying, all talk and no action, no walk. All talk and no walk. All talk and no action. That's not God. God talks and God follows through. And let me tell you, when God tells you he loves you, God's going to follow through. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should pull back on his promises. If God says he's going to do it, God's going to follow through. God loves us and he's a God who talks and he's a God who walks it out too. All talk and no action. That's us, but that's not God. All talk, nothing to back it up. James said, faith without works is dead. What is he saying? He's saying, you want to talk your faith? He says, but, but I'll show you my faith if you'll look at what I do. He's saying, because it's not just about the talk, it's about the walk. God didn't only say he loves you, but he demonstrated it by sending his own son for you and I when we were at our weakest, when we were at the hardest place in our lives. God demonstrated his own love, and he continues to demonstrate his love for us every day. I said he continues to demonstrate his own love. See, something that we need to remember is Jesus just didn't die on the cross for us 2,000 years ago, and he's sitting there just kind of waiting. Listen, Jesus loves you today. He has an active love for you and I today, today, right now. He's there for you and I today. He's demonstrating his love for us. He demonstrated, but he's demonstrating it for us today. And then number three, number three, God's love is forever. Number one is God's love is pure. Number two is that God's love is seen. It's active. But number three is that God's love is forever. And sometimes that's what people get concerned about is they experience the goodness of God and the love of the Lord, but they don't know how long it's going to last. Because they've experienced goodness and love, but it's been taken away. And so there's a holdback. But let me tell you, the love of the Lord is different. It'll never leave. In fact, it'll never diminish. It'll never back off. Something about the love of the Lord is it presses in. It's called covenant love. It's not even the love that we have in a promise, like in a wedding ceremony. It's covenant love. Actually, a wedding ceremony is covenant love. But as in a contract, should I say. It's called, in the Old Testament, the word hesed. Love. It's used over, it's used about 250 times in all three sections in the Old Testament. 250 times this word chesed, love. And it's, people don't even know how to describe it in English, this chesed love, because it's so deep. It's the most important word, some would say, in the whole Old Testament, in the Hebrew scripture. Throughout all three major divisions, many biblical words try to describe it, such as the word mercy, such as the word compassion, the word love, the word grace, the word faithfulness. They try to say maybe that's the word that it means. 
But they couldn't take all these words and put these words together. None of them completely summarized the concept of God's chesed love, his constant love that he has, his abiding love, his pressing in love. Chesed is not merely an emotion. It's not a feeling, but it involves action on behalf of someone who's in need. It describes a a loyalty, a need to love you, not just a response to a prayer, but I have to love you. I'm bound to you. It's like a child that's in need and you come to them and you pick them up and you say, I have to pull you out. You're mine. That's the love of the Lord. He can't leave us because we're his. We belong to him. And so sometimes we think that we're saying, God, please don't leave us. And he says, I can't leave you. I'm in covenant with you. I'm on your side. You're mine. I'm bound to you. I'm with you. I'll never leave you. My chesed for you lasts forever. It's the constant love of the Lord. And we can't even describe it with our English words. Merciful, compassionate, loyal. In the book of Exodus, just one scripture I'm going to read about the chesed love of the Lord. Exodus chapter 20 verse 6 says, But I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. That's the only scripture I'm going to read about it, but you can just see the words of the Lord. I lavish unfailing love on a thousand generations to those who love me and obey my commands. And let me tell you today, the pure, constant, affectionate, actionable love of the Lord will never leave us, will never forsake us. There's not a day in our lives, there's not a moment of time, there's not a breath that will ever take that will be void of the full love of the Lord in our lives. Gavin, you can come up and play. Would you bow your heads right now and and just receive the love of the Lord into your hearts? Come on, just open up your hearts and say this to the Lord. Say, Lord, I open up my mouth. I open up my heart. Help me to know your love. Help me to know the purity of your love. Pray this with me. Help me to know the the purity of your love. Help me to know the consistency of your love. Help me to know the action of your love. Lord, in ways that I haven't trusted you, I think that there's some people in this room and there's some people online that may need to just, maybe you haven't trusted him in some areas. And you need to say, God, I put these in your hands. Maybe it's with a relationship. Maybe it's with a relationship that you want. 
Maybe it's with finances. Maybe it's with a dream, a hope, a disappointment. God, we come to you today and we lay our whole lives in your hands and we trust in your love today. Tell him that with me. I trust in your love today. I trust in your said love today. I trust in your constant love today. Let's repeat after me right now. Say, God, I trust in your love today. Say, I trust in the purity of your love. I trust in the action of your love. And I trust in the faithfulness of your love. Help me to know your love. And God, I pray for every person in this room today and every person that's joining us online today. I pray that we would grow in the love of the Lord. I pray that we would grow in the the depths of the Lord. And even as Ephesians chapter 3 says, that we may know the love and by knowing the love of the Lord would be able to understand the heights and the depths and the breadth to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. And you said by knowing that, that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. Why? Because as we grow in the love of the Lord, we can grow in the fullness of God. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.